Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey. This is Aaron Wilson and Kelvin P.J. Kevmensa, authors of How to Get Funding for Your Startup. And if you want to learn how to get funding for your startup, you should be listening to Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell, officially P.J. Kev approved. Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know, and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place, because this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Network. I am your host, Travis Chappell. Today, I'm sitting down with Kelvin Mensa, also known as PJ Kev, and Aaron Wilson. Guys, this is going to be an amazing conversation, and I can't wait to jump into some of it. These guys, their story is incredible, and now they're writing this new book, How to Get Funding for Your Startup, that's blowing up all over the place. They've worked with some of the biggest names, the biggest icons in the world today. And um, I can't wait to get into some of the background stories that you guys see where they came from, where they are now, and uh, hopefully it'll help maybe smash some of the excuses that you might be having in your head. Um, So, But first, before we get into that really quickly, if you're a six or seven figure entrepreneur and you know that a podcast would be beneficial for your business, for your brand, whatever it may be, but you just don't know exactly how to go about getting one started, then have me and my team build one for you. Uh, Head over to travischapel.com slash my podcast. Um, there's a quick application there. And uh, if we accept you, then we can basically get in there and start building out a show for you. That way you can focus on what you're good at, which is servicing your clients. And we can focus on what we're good at, which is building high quality chart topping podcasts. So travischapel.com slash make my podcast. PJ, Kev, Aaron Wilson, what's up guys? Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. 
Thank you uh, for, having, for having me. Appreciate it. Yes, yes. Okay, so I really want to dive into your guys' stories here and build a little bit of context. So let's start, uh, let's start with Aaron, and then we'll go to Kelvin. And I want to hear just basically like a two, two to three minute synopsis of like, you know, take me through 12, 13 year old version of you and <laughs> where you ended up by the time you were a young adult. So let's just start there. Like so say 12, 13 through age 20 or so, and then we'll go from there afterwards. So let's hear from Aaron first. And we'll go to Kelvin. Got it. Got it. So uh, thanks, Travis. Really appreciate that. 12, 13-year-old Aaron. So that's uh, what, circa seventh grade, eighth grade or so. Yes, sir. Uh, time was actually, so I always had an entrepreneurial spirit, right? I used to conduct raffles and have like a winner and things of that nature, selling tickets for 25 cents, 50 cents while I was in middle school and also in elementary school. At that point, it was really just um, exercising and scratching that entrepreneurial bug. It was also very, very, very big into music at that time, level five cellist, concert orchestra, chamber orchestra, first chair, and wow. was into rap music too. So I was, you know, writing rhymes and, and things of that nature. Then throughout high school, um, you know, was taking different types of courses, different coursework, accelerated classes and AP courses and things of that nature. Went to school upstate New York, Binghamton University, majored in uh, finance and marketing in the School of Management. And yeah, that was that was pretty much, I guess, a, a short <laughs> synopsis of of the uh, 12, the age of 12 to 20. You were always interested in the music world then, obviously. Did, did your parents have a big part in that? Uh, you know, it's interesting. My father played the organ and the guitar. Uh, my mother was <laughs> really into music beyond listening to it. But um, I'd say the fact that they had very, very, very eclectic tastes in music was, was a huge influence because um, I'd say at any given moment, if I'm driving down the street and um, blasting music, you could hear anything from you know, Johann Sebastian or or Sounds of the Baroque period from Johann Sebastian or Antonio Vivaldi to DMX hmm. or, or Jay-Z or even some, uh, Kelly Clarkson. So a pretty diverse taste of music that spans across an array of genres for sure. Yeah, really interesting, really interesting. All right, let's go to uh, PJ Kev. Hey, so for sure, 12 to 13-year-old Kelvin, also known as PJ Kev, I'll just say I, I used to just went to you know, Catholic school my whole life went to All Saints School. And basically, I just love basketball. And um, I was just, uh, you know, one of those guys in, in a classroom that known to be, you know, the funny guy in the classroom, just making jokes, uh, having a good time with some close friends. But my whole idea was that I always wanted to do something different. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I know I wanted to do something different. I didn't want to have a regular nine to five job. Uh, my parents is originally from West Africa, Ghana. And where, you know, we, we come from like a hustler, you know, spirit, a hustler background. And when mm -hmm. I say hustler spirit, it's just that go-getter attitude. It's just that basically that never stopping, never ending. Um, sure. Having to work for, you know, what you what you have and not really, you know, getting nothing basically given to you. And that's what I mean by that. So 12, 13 years old, up forth to about, you know, 14, 15, 16 Basically, I was, you know, I always had a, a nine to five job, but it, it was something that I didn't love to do. Mm. So I wasn't really interested. Random jobs, like when I used to work at Starbucks, I used to always, you know, just study like, you know, the Starbucks stock market and how stocks work. So I was always a learner, always willing to learn something outside the box. Yeah. Where, where do you think that came from? Was that something that your parents, you think, really like uh, instilled in you? Or is that something that you think was just naturally something that you did? 
I think growing up in the Bronx, New York, we had a lot of influence. Uh, well, you know, the culture, when I come to the culture, as far as the hip hop, artists has a lot of influence on, you know, younger generation. However, my generation and inspiration came from when I first read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Hmm. And um, I think, you know, it changed my, my mentality as far as the way of thinking yeah. from being an employee to be, you know, self-employed. But I think, yes, it's been instilled to me by my parents just seeing them work nonstop, coming out here from Ghana, working nonstop, nonstop. So I always had the ambition and determination to work hard, but I wanted to work hard on myself rather than for other people. Do you remember what age you were when you first read Rich Dad, Poor Dad? I think I was 16, 17 years old. Okay. So you clearly had some form of like an internal desire to see these things happen. And probably due to the fact that you watched your parents hustle and struggle for everything that they ever earned, which is a really awesome example to have. But yeah, that, that was actually, the, I think the first time that I read Rich Dad Poor Dad was around the same age. I think that just kind of has to do with the fact that that hustle was always inside of you. You know what I mean? And it's just like trying to itch. It was just itching to get out, you know, trying to find an outlet to be able to start implementing all the things that you were learning from the books that you're reading and from studying your parents, everything like that. So that's super, super cool. Where did the uh, the nickname PJ Kev come into play? Funny story. When I first moved to California, I had a great, you know, I knew a couple of close friends and um, I actually met one of my best friends to this day. Her name is Zoe Young. And um, it was funny because she gave me a whole rebranding state when it comes to, you know, basically just branding yourself and marketing yourself. She, you know, when I remember when I first met her, she was like, okay, your name is Kelvin, but your Instagram name was Mr. Private KM. She's like, something is not added up here. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, basically, PJ Kev, it's funny enough, she actually gave me that nickname because I was in the private jet industry, of course, and um, I was doing a lot of charters for high-end celebrities. But she said, well, how about if you just rebrand yourself? And, you know, and she was like, you know what? I think PJ Kev, I think everybody, you know, people don't call me Kel. I think, you know, that's a little bit lame a little bit. But so Kev yeah, was the- plus, plus it makes me think of Nick at night, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Cal, you know, just yeah, orange, exactly. orange soda, orange, orange soda, and good burger. That's all it makes me think. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, so growing up, I always had the name Kev. So she just added the PJ into Kev. So Got private it. jet Kev. And I think when she did that, it actually you know helped me take my brand way more serious. Yeah, um, I think it helped me shape me. And as far as you know, when it comes to looking at myself as a full-on entity, and just you know taking it from there, and then going nonstop, you know, just staying focused and uh, continuing to build my brand up. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a 
a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. How do you even start to work your way into such an exclusive field of the private jet industry by the time you're 21 years old, bro? Like that's such a like props to you for being able to get into get into an industry, get into a field like that, make a name for yourself, be really successful, and then turn it into a completely separate career. So I'm curious to hear how you like even thought about the idea and then how that idea was even implemented to be able to actually happen. Yeah, so at a young age, about 18, 19 years old, when I was uh, leaving college, I always loved to travel. You know, I just didn't have the money to travel. Mm-hmm. So um, I remember one of my first places I visited that I loved was um, we actually took a, a road trip to uh, Maryland. And um, Maryland was basically one of those like, like escape places from New York. You know, New York was always like fast paced. So it always had the love to travel. I started looking deep into it when I was in college as far as different jobs and different businesses that I can do pertaining to the travel industry. But I didn't want to have a regular, you know, travel. I didn't want to have a regular travel job. Like I could never see myself working for an airline just because I just thought it wasn't really like it it wasn't really exclusive. It wasn't it didn't have any like like real behind meaning to it. Like my whole thing was doing something outside the box that I could really make a statement and really make a name for myself. So at the age of 21, I actually decided to take on the private jet industry. And how I got introduced to the private jet industry is a close friend of mine in New York. We actually, um, he actually introduced me to a young man that actually had a pilot license and his own private jet company in Long Island. Started working for him for about a year. I didn't make any money, but it gave me the interest to learn everything about private jets. So whether the cabin space, how far they fly, the size, the dimensions as far as baggage, it it just let me understand that, you know what, this is the industry that I need to tap into because it's very exclusive, it's very luxury. And I think it's something that I could really make, you know, make some change to it. So I moved over to California. Um, I actually moved out here with only, you know, $7,000. I remember I was living in a two-bedroom apartment. We were sharing a, I was sharing a room. And I was like, you know what? I think this is the place I want to be because, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy access to network with people out here. I think it's more loose than, than New York City when it comes to networking. I think I could really make a name for myself out here. So I aligned myself with the people that was actually taking private jets. And how did I do that? By actually consulting with one of my close friends, Justin Combs, which is Diddy's son, basically just saying, you know what, this is what I'm doing. And anything you could do to help me with it, I would definitely appreciate you. And I think that friendship 
now turn into more of like a family style friendship. And, you know, he's like my brother. But I think that really helped me, you know, align myself with the network of the people that actually could afford private jets. Yeah, sure. And huge props to you again, bro, because that, that's one thing that we talk about here on the show, uh, you know, a good amount is obviously it's Build Your Network to talk about relationships and the importance of connections and cultivating them the right way. And one thing that everybody seems to agree on is that your environment shapes you, right? Like our environment always is shaping us into who we are. Like we are nothing but a sum of everything that our environment pours into us, right? That's literally who we are as a, as a human being. And so for you to be able to recognize that, you know, this environment over here isn't going to be turning me into the human that I want to be. Let me change my environment, move across the country to be in this other new spot, because this is where, you know, the action is for what I want to be successful in. Like, that's just something that so many people aren't willing to do. It seems so simple, yet so many people will not do it. And so, you know, huge props to you for being willing to jump in, change your environment so that your environment could turn you into the version of yourself that you really wanted to be. Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Aaron, so a quick, couple of quick questions for you. You came out of, so you, you were in a com- obviously completely different world and you came out of that world being a professional in what you did in, in, in terms of like music, but also you just went directly into the finance industry out of school, right? So talk to yes. me about like your decision making to jump into finance versus like doing stuff in music and then how you ended up getting to know PJ Kev and, and then your guys' you know, partnership blossom. From there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it was pretty interesting because um, during my time in undergrad, I was studying finance, studying marketing, studying business. And, you know, it was it was great. It was a good experience. But the only thing that I really knew was that I needed to find a way to leverage whatever degree that I got and get a job, a job that would be able to pay the student loans and also would provide some kind of long-term growth opportunity for myself. And my parents both worked uh, in finance. Well, my mother still works in finance right now, but it was kind of just something that was neat. I was in. Uh, I kind of grew up knowing about it, learning about it, hearing about my parents talk about it. So it was something that I just said, all right, fine. I, you know, get a business degree, go into finance. So I started working at JP Morgan in finance. It was good from just like a getting corporate experience, getting the big name on your resume. Way into any kind of career post undergrad because during my time in undergrad, I had like 50 million jobs, right? I was a DJ, I was a barber, I was a caterer, I was a photographer because, like Alvin said, you know, you just have some kind of a hustler spirit that, yeah, that awaken that east inside you. So I was doing, I was doing all of that, but like at the same time, there was also a parallel universe where I was still heavily into music and it was kind of hard to create that balancing act, especially because music doesn't really pay unless sure. in it long-term and you have certain connections and you have a network that's going to propel you forward. So long story short, eventually I left JP Morgan got into executive recruiting and worked at some top firms in New York City, was able to grow, be able to produce for there and, and things went well, but at some point wanted to take a little bit more ownership and scratch that entrepreneurial for real. So there was a colleague of mine he started a firm and it was just myself and him. We started in a two-person WeWork office right in the middle of Midtown. And uh, we scaled it pretty quickly in 18 months, got it to surpass, uh, I want to say surpass around the 10 million mark in revenue. And then also we had a half of 30 recruiters. Um, I was there for a few years, but still had this insatiable desire to do more. Hmm. 
um, at that point, I wanted to start my own business consulting firm. So my partner at the time, he didn't want to do it. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to actually venture out on my own and do that. But the best way to do that is to start advising CEOs in a strategic capacity. So I reached out to a CEO of a company by the name of Vomos, and that was where Kelvin was, and he was a rainmaker at Vomos and was producing millions each year, over 50% of the company's revenue as a result of his jet charters. Wow. So I was the CEO. Um, I was brought on board as a partner alongside Kelvin and the CEO. Then from there, Kelvin and I built a relationship, and um, I began operating in a business management capacity for Kev. And then from there, eventually, he wanted to take the next step in his career, which was really to just build out a robust portfolio of companies and at the same and scale them, but at the same time, continue pushing his own brand. And mm-hmm. that when the PJ Kev approved brand officially came to fruition as a company and more than just Kelvin's personal brand. And the rest was history from there. And that kind of blossomed into how to get funding for your startup and, and a whole bunch of other cool initiatives that would yeah, cool. So, so Kelvin, tell me a little bit about the decision to partner on your end with Aaron and, um, and then where you guys are headed right now. What's the direction that you're headed in together right now? I think me and Aaron share the same values, perspective about business. Basically, just being genuine is what made me actually want to partner with him as you know, becoming my business manager and now my partner in my book. And I think that, you know, when you find people like that, I think it's definitely important that you realize, you know, who's in your circle and who do you want to be in your future. And I think Aaron is definitely a person that, you know, has the enthusiasm, he's he's ambition, he's determined. So I think he has the same features that I have acquired over the years. And I think it's a blessing when you find that, you know. So, you know, where we head into, you know, there's only you know, the sky's not even a limit no more. I always tell people the sky's not even a limit no more because I'm already in jets. I'm already in the sky. You know, <laughs> so the sky isn't limit no more, but, you know, it's endless. We can, you know, we could take this, you know, to the next level. And basically, I just want to show people around the world that, you know, I want to impact people globally. And that's why I do the initiatives that I do back home in Africa. That's why I go to London. That's why I'm here in LA. That's why I'm here in New York. And I'm traveling around the world because my whole objective is to basically give as much information to young entrepreneurs that I didn't have starting off in business and just general knowledge of just um, personal development, just knowing how, you know, to develop your mind mentally. Right. So talk to me about the Mensa Foundation. What do you guys do there? So the Mensa Foundation, we actually about to partner up with the KJM Foundation, which we provide water around different villages and Accra, Ghana. So I partner up with a found, an existing foundation for water crisis. However, the Mensa Foundation is going to come on as a partnership where I provide books, uh, notepads, pens, desks, uh, chalkboards, everything that's needed inside the classroom so they can get the education they need in the cities and, and in Ghana and around Africa. Um, I think the purpose is definitely needed for that. I think it's a time and place. I think right now is the perfect time to to help people around the world. And um, I'm starting with my ebook. So <laughs> I'm starting with my own, you know, my own initiative so I can show people around the world that it don't, only needs to be, you know, books that you could buy, but you could also even share your book ideas and things that you have learned in the past when it comes to business and personal development, mentally knowledge as well. So, 
So yeah, tell me about the book a little bit. It's how how to get funding for your startup. Where'd the idea come from? And what's one or two takeaways that you want people to get out of? So the book idea came about, um, actually, uh, me and Aaron, we was just talking about, you know, different business opportunities that we can give back to people. And uh, we basically, I did a pull on my Instagram page. And I was like, you know what? A lot of people don't know how to get funding for your startup or don't know even the steps that you need to do before you get funding for your startup. So I think it was needed, especially, you know, a lot of people right now has a short-term memory, a short-term. So it's basically an ebook, and we also have hard copies as well that gives you the knowledge and the steps that you need to get funding for your startup. Two takeaways that I'll go to the book and, and basically that you need to basically highlight is you need to create a highly scheduled model for your business. And what I mean by that is step-by-step knowing where your business it wants to go step-by-step. So a lot of people see plan just for the now. And when I say now, I'm talking about three months, six months, a year. But where do you see your business in three to five years, five to 10 years? So that type of planning. Another takeaway that I want to give you from the book is that when you read this book, uh, it's, it's more, it's more, it's more as an ebook, an e-learning book as well, because we have like notes um, as well that you could take. Another takeaway that is you got to know your business inside and out. And what I mean by that is you have to take the time and do the research and the knowledge before you get into a business. Don't just get into the business because you see your friend over there making a lot of money. I need, I know a lot of people just get into business because they think it's an opportunity to make tons and tons and tons of money just by doing it um, because they see someone else doing it. But actually knowing your product, finding the problem and finding your solution, I think, and knowing your niche, finding that special niche that you want to target for your business is a special takeaway that um, I want to give to people that's listening to this podcast and all around the world. For sure. Aaron, can you add anything to that? Anything that you would like to, uh, that you'd like to mention to the listeners about the book? Yeah, no, just to piggyback off what Kev was saying, like, as it pertains to just just thinking about how to get funding for your startup and how it came to fruition, one of the biggest things that we find is so prevalent these days is the information gap. And this information gap that exists can be attributed to, you know, socioeconomic status, or it can just be attributed to people not necessarily having the access to those tools and resources in their schooling and their development from their adolescence all the way through to college. So the goal is really to level out the playing field so that we can bridge that information gap and part of underserved communities or individuals who actually uh, grew up in areas where there weren't uh, resources or there wasn't access to uh, the same tools that venture capitalists use to scale businesses would be able to get access to that and give themselves a shot. Because a lot of the information that's in the book is MBA level information as it pertains to just product knowledge, how to develop a product or a service, how to stress test it, how to stress test an idea. One of the biggest things that we talk about all the time, because there's always going to be someone who's going to pitch you. People pitch Kev all day long. People pitch me too, but they pitch Kev all day long, right? His inbox is always filled with decks, investor decks, and things of that nature. And it's people who are sharing ideas. But the litmus test is, is this a good conversation or is this a good business idea? And that's the tip that I would you know, kind of urge and prompt every entrepreneur to think about. 
You can be passionate about something. It could sure. sound, but it could literally allow someone to sit in the red before it turns a profit and never, ever, ever actually turn a profit. And that's the difference between an idea and something that's a feasible business. So sure. a few key t- takeaways from how to get funding for your startup. Number one, do your research. Understand the competitive landscape of the industry prior to even getting into it, right? Because you don't want to start allocating capital and resources, et cetera, when you're not even sure if it's something you want to do. And then also make sure that you have a plan for how that money will be allocated. There's nothing worse than someone going out there with with, uh, the attempt to raise $500,000 and they can sell it really, really, really well. And instead of 500,000, they double their commitment, they raise 1 million, and now they don't necessarily know how to allocate those funds. It just becomes complete part of my language, but shit show. Yeah, sure. Do your research, number one. And then number two, just make sure that you have a plan for how you want to actually allocate that capital once you get it. How to get funding for your startup. Go to Amazon. Make sure you guys grab a copy of this of this book. Um, as you all know, here on the show, I always recommend whenever we have a book recommendation, go pick it up right now so you don't forget about it. How to get funding for your startup. You can get it on Amazon or you can go to pjkev.com and pick up a copy there. Guys, I, I want to move the conversation a little bit with its little bit of time that we have left to talk uh, more about networking uh, specifically. So this is the one question that I've asked every guest that's ever come on the show. So I want you guys both to to answer this one. Okay. So let's start with uh, let's start with Kelvin, and then we'll go to Aaron after this. So the question is: Do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important? Which of those two is more important, and why do you believe that? Okay, I believe who you know is more important than what you know, and the reason why. I think is more important because in my past history of business and just doing a lot of different business, uh, people, different, uh, using different professionals and, and being around different high end people, they don't know what they don't know, but what they do know is they have the relationships to people that do know what they know. And they hire, I always, I always see that they hire people in the professional field. They hire people that do know, the best. So for instance, if you are a lawyer and you don't know how to deal with entertainment law, you are going to hire the best entertainment lawyer in the, in, and you're going to, you're going to find that person. Right. But if you have a relationship with that person, now it's an easier pick up the phone call and you don't have to go search and go look. Right. You can pick up the phone call and and get your answer, uh, get your, get the uh, you know the question to your answers asked. Right. So right. it's all about who you know, and and I, I always tell us to people all around the world and different entrepreneurs ask me this, like how you become so successful? How did you do this? Or how did you connect with this person? Well, I connected with one person that knew a lot of different millionaires and billionaires. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I didn't know. You know, I knew the information a little bit, but. They knew more from, they knew that they had the relationship power. So the relationship power always outweighs the knowledge. And that's yeah. why you see kids graduating from top universities, but they don't have the relationship skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you, you see them, they graduate, they have honor students, they, you know, they're, they're top of their class, but they still can't find either the job or the business that they desire that right. they're happy about. Because they don't have the relationships. 
Yep. The knowledge, oh. the knowledge is in abundance. The relationships aren't. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Right. Aaron, what do you think, bro? So I'd say um, it's definitely a combination of both, but one is always going to take precedence and the one that takes precedence. Um, and and um, Sorry, you, you broke up there when you said it, Eric. Can you say that one more time? Sorry. The, the one that's always going to take precedence, in my opinion, would be who you know and the network, because there's always an opportunity to take in more information, to consume more content, to read more books, to take a course, to learn something. But you can't take knowing people for granted. That's a skill. And being able to forge partnerships, build relationships, and, and, and connect with the right people is going to be something that's invaluable, 1,000%. So who you know, I'd say would reign supreme for sure. Love it, guys. I mean, uh, there, there's so many different directions we could keep going in this one conversation just because you guys are obviously both masters at uh, cultivating connections with uh, with powerful and influential people. Uh, maybe we can come on and do a part two at some point, but uh, we are running out of time here. So um, I'm going to go ahead and turn the floor over to each of you and just tell us where is the best place online that we can go to connect with you. Hey, Kev, go ahead. Yep, I'll start off. So the best place you can connect with me um, it's definitely through Instagram and through my LinkedIn page. I'm always searching that. So uh, Instagram page is PJ Kev. Uh, my LinkedIn is Kelvin Mensa. And my website is pjkev.com. Aaron? Excellent. So the best place to connect with me, you can reach out to me as it pertains to if you're trying to connect with Kev, you can uh, reach out to me at Aaron at pjkev.com. That's A-A-R-O-N at pjkev.com. And if you have any other inquiries as well, you can also reach out to me at my website, www.wilsontalentsolutions.com. Wilson, like the tennis ball, talentsolutions.com. There you have it, guys. Please go pick up a copy of their book before you do anything else, how to uh, raise funding for your startup, how to get funding for your startup. And uh, make sure to pick up a copy of that book. Go connect with them on social. Tell them that you heard about them here on the show. Guys, thanks so much for joining me. I had a blast chatting with you. It was a really good conversation. Thanks, Travis. Appreciate it. Travis, I appreciate you. Well, that's it for today's show. If you want more advanced networking strategies, as well as an instant network upgrade, then consider partnering with my BYN Inner Circle Mastermind. There are already dozens of high quality entrepreneurs in the group. There's dozens of video lessons on networking. There's monthly calls, there's accountability crews and more, all for the low investment of just 99 bucks a month. So head over to byninnercircle.com to jump in. That's byninnercircle.com. Thanks so much for joining us on today's show. We'll see you next time. Remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Sweet. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.